live. Welcome to the NBA Strategy Show. It is Friday, May 20th. I am Josh Engelman. I am joined by Adam Scher. We are brought to you by Prize Picks, and we'll talk about them in a little bit. But first, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel, hit the notification bell so you know when everything goes live. Adam, how did your projection for Daniel Tice look? Uh, it looked great because I didn't project him to play just like uh, anybody with a brain except for Antoine Murphy. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Uh, I, I have like an overarching uh, question for you on a slate like this. Um, I assume uh, you didn't hit like a stray bullet or anything given our conversations on Slack during the game. No, I played a bunch of PJ Tucker and then he got hurt. Okay. On days like this or on slate games like this, especially in uh, this sort of uh, showdown sense, if there's a major blowout, are you generally speaking not going to have a good day? Yeah, because I'm, yeah. Um, like, and actually, I'm not going to have the, it, you're inevitably going to get one or two guys that benefit that were never really going to be on your radar in order to win whatever contest that is. Right. And I do think I actually had like 5% Tice yesterday. I think I gave him like four minutes just in case. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, it's, I, I'm definitely not, like projecting blowouts and, and i mean like like duncan yeah. robinson uh yeah pj tucker got hurt cool like I, i'm not gonna win with duncan robinson then no i, I don't follow-up question to this then and i don't even really know how to ask it but it, we've got a ton of time so i can stumble my way through it are those are those types of lineups good lineups before the slate starts um they can be you know where i'm going with this right like what is the mechanism to get to that do you just have to assume i mean i guess it's like anything else you're just going to take a beating more often than not the more you're going to it but be paid but, off better when it wins yeah exactly i mean it, it's kind of a balancing act like it, it's difficult in nba to find ways to be contrarian that aren't like you know in, in single game nba to find ways to be contrarian that aren't insane um i do think that the guys like tice duncan robinson um i played josh green the other day just hoping you know maybe he would move back ahead of milikina in the rotation even though i didn't think that was the most likely case um there there are cases to be made where it's just like yeah this isn't gonna happen frequently but when it does you get paid better the yeah. issue is that it's not that cut and dry like you can say you, you can look at it and say you know again using like the josh green frank nilakina example um if josh green plays six minutes instead of nilakina you know like that that ownership discount's really nice but you still have to get the rest of the lineup right too it's not like you just win every time josh green steps on the floor uh, right. and to get the lineup right like either you're just like jamming josh green into every lineup which is not where you want to be or no you still have to get really freaking lucky even once he gets on the floor. So that's kind of the yeah. issue. Um, but within any one given lineup, those guys can make sense. Like, you know, if you do just have what is a really chalky lineup and then instead of Caleb Martin, you play Duncan Robinson because you're like, whatever, this lineup's going to do 800 times with Caleb Martin. I'll just play Duncan Robinson. In that case, it makes sense. But from like a portfolio standpoint, I think it's still really difficult to be like, oh yeah, the edge on this slate is that this guy not in the rotation somehow plays. 
Right. I, I think in these scenarios, and maybe this is just in my head, you can kind of make one stand like that. You can't really go much further than a second. You're basically trying to figure out who that guy is going to be. Like if you want to make it the Josh Green one, you're probably not doing whatever's on the opposite side of that. You're also not trying to hit Kaminga or Bielitsa or something on the opposite side. For this one, like if you wanted to go to Tice, you're probably not going to Tice and Duncan Robinson. Like it's, you, 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 you're basically just swapping a one for one somewhere. But I look at the slates like this, and I. But by the time, like I opened up the box score before I opened up the DraftKings app because obviously I went to bed before this game ended, and I woke up and I saw everything that had happened. I was like, all right, well, Duncan Robinson's going to end up being in the optimal lineup, and he's barely going to be duped. And I know that I did not win on this slate because there's no way that I was expecting a full fourth quarter of garbage. <laughs> right, and, and one other point I think because like I, I to give Antoine credit, I do agree with what he's saying as far as playing to win and not to min cash. Yeah. Um, and, and that, you know, that's what we were just saying too, as far as like the payoffs are better when you go to guys like that. The thing you have to keep in mind though, and it's, I, I don't really have a good way to phrase it. Um, it can get really expensive to, for lack of a better way to say it, like try and win every slate, like to try and say, you know, like, oh, well, if this 1% thing happens, Maybe I get first place, but otherwise I'm going to lose all of my buy-ins. That gets extremely expensive extremely yeah. quickly. So, like, yeah. you do have to keep in mind that you're actually trying to win over the course of a season. Not, like, like you're, you're trying to profit on NBA for the season. Obviously, you're trying to, to win every slate that you play, but you're, you're not, it's not like, you know, you have, this, this is the only day that you have to have money for. This is the only you know, slate that you're ever going to play and you should just be going balls to the wall, like, you know, trying to get first place today. Like, right. So, so I, I don't really know how to phrase that perfectly, but like you, you do want to be generally making good lineups and not yeah. worrying as much about like, Oh, well, this is going to lose me money. Like 999 out of a thousand times, but one time, you know, maybe it, it does well. Like I, I think that, it's really difficult to, to go back and try to analyze the slate like this, other than I think it's just, you look at it and you think to yourself, today's not a day that I can win. <laughs> yeah, so this is kind of, because I don't play a lot of showdown outside of like this time of the year. So um, I'm not as confident in my strategies as like I am in uh, on, on regular slates. And after the first, after the, the first, the first Boston Miami game um, where you had smart out and Horford out. Um, I noticed that I was, I played like the four most duped lineups and I, I just had a bunch of duped lineups. I only had like three unique lineups period. And I was like, all right, maybe I need to change something up, but I kind of went back through and looked and I, I looked at like what Alex had done and he was in a similar situation. And I kind of just thought about that slate. And I was like, you know what? I think this was just a really shitty slate for a, for showdown because of the late news. It just kind of forced you onto to teams that were going to be really popular, but you didn't have good alternatives because it basically would just mean playing, you know, Derek White over Jalen Brown or something, which makes yeah. no sense. So I was kind of like, okay, well, that's just a slate that I think, yes, obviously you're, you're not trying to, you know, duplicate first place 900 ways, but there kind of wasn't a way around it. And then I looked at what I had done the first Dallas game and I had a bunch of unique lineups and I, like I, I played some dupe lineups too, obviously. Um, 
and you know, like Alex and I talked about this too. If you're playing 150 lineups, I don't mind that I have the most duped lineups in there because it's tough to make 150 good lineups on a one game slate. Like they're just yeah. going to show up. Um, but looking towards the bottom, like I had a lot of unique lineups too. And so I, I was going to pull it up now. I haven't, but um, I'm assuming I probably. If you're looking had, up last night, it's not there. Okay. I was going to say, I'm assuming I probably had a decent number of unique or, you know, minimally duped lineups yesterday. It's just that they didn't happen to do well. But yeah. my, my point being, if I can make lineups that, and I know I did on the um, the Dallas slate, but like if I can make lineups that aren't duped, and I guess some of them probably had Josh Green, but um, you know if you can make lineups that aren't duped or that are duped, you know, two or three times, and you can do that without playing somebody that is projected for zero minutes, those lineups are going to be better over the long run. Even though it's obviously very nice to look back at one game and say like, oh, if I had just played Duncan Robinson, like. If you were able to make a unique lineup yesterday that didn't have Duncan Robinson, that was automatically better than one that did have Duncan Robinson. Without question, that's a really good. That's a really good point. Um, and like those lineups are out there too. Like the, that wasn't. It wasn't going to be hard. I mean, I know like uh, whatever Martin is on the Heat, yeah. might as well be the same person. I legitimately was about to say Cody. Uh, like for Caleb Martin, I mean, his ownership wasn't anything crazy. That was a pretty easy path to do it that didn't ultimately work out but i mean that game was just a brutal ass beating when greg and i ended the stream last night it was 15 to 7 heat i like you know got a drink and went to the bathroom and went downstairs and all of a sudden the game was basically like tied again i was talking to my wife for a little bit and then i looked back up and boston was up like 15 i was like what just happened yeah they it went was on brutal. The, uh, they, they basically just did the opposite of what miami had done to them previously i think it was like a 24 to 3 run or something yeah, it was it was brutal. Um, what do we uh, since we might as well do a recap? I should have just put that shit in the run sheet. What do we do with Bam? I don't know. Is there just not enough spacing on the floor for him right now to get to like the spots that he needs? Because his offensive participation is I mean, he was three for six from the field yesterday. He should just find six shots. I mean, it it's it's their normal lineup though. It shouldn't be a spacing issue. I mean, it's Vincent over Lowry, but it's the same thing. Like um, but he's also like getting pulled away from the basket. So you're getting PJ Tucker grabbing rebounds too, which is hurting. I think, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess it is. Look, 26 minutes out of Victor Oladipo is going to kill your spacing. Him not yeah, being Duncan Robinson is a problem. Thing. I mean, this was like watching. No, the no, first no. Quarter. I mean, just like in general, like they are playing slightly less spacing lineups. Yeah, but like game one, Oladipo do. only played 15 minutes. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, like Lowry's going to get a different level of respect than Gabe Vincent no matter what. Sure. Even if Gabe Vincent, you can consider Gabe Vincent like the same shooter. I just, I don't know. I can't get a, I can't get a good feel for it. it like he's just, my, my issue is he's not touching the ball. Like yeah. period. Um, he's not, he's not rebounding. Like I said, he's, he's playing away from the basket a bit. You're getting PJ Tucker sliding in to grab rebounds. Um, I was watching like in the first quarter. So I had a, I had a lot of BAM yesterday, particularly at captain. Um, and I had a lot of PJ Tucker, uh, mostly utility, but also was well over the field at captain on PJ Tucker. So I'm watching the first quarter and PJ Tucker, you know, is just getting the ball, knocking down threes, hitting runners in the lane, grabbing rebounds. I'm like, Oh, this is a great start, blah, blah, blah. And then like, bam, I think finally grabs a rebound. And I'm just like, Oh shit. I forgot bam was even playing. Like this is yeah. not going well for me, but like, it literally took like eight minutes for me to remember that like bam was in the game that I was watching. 
For all the slappies out there that think Tyler Hero is good during the regular season because he has the ball a lot and does things offensively from time to time, 24 minutes, a team high, negative 33 plus minus because he gets picked on over and over and over defensively. Uh, He did have a hell of a block that got taken away from him. Certainly did. Uh, So that's why when I say that I don't think he's good, it's because he gets to the playoffs and isn't good. So enjoy that, folks. There's your sixth man of the year award winner. Really illustrious. He was asked, but still didn't eh. close. I mean, he's, I don't think it's possible for Tyler Hero to be good in a game because he's not going to be good defensively ever. Well, and, and like he's already starting at like, you know, an, like below average game. He just has to shoot the lights out to offset it. Right. And like game one, he played about as well as he's going to play offensively and then still wasn't in the closing lineup. Right, because he gets beat like a drum every time that he's out there. It's never going to get any better, so be ready for that, everybody. Anything else we could touch on from last night? Uh, it seems like I just kind of want to forget that it happened. For a brief moment, at, like at halftime, I was like, okay, if the Heat can mildly get back into this, like I might not have to worry about all the garbage coming in at the end of the game. And then, sure yeah, enough, I, I'd already to play up. five minutes. Once P.J. Tucker went out, I just turned the game off and went to bed. Reasonable. Um, was there any news? Like, I, like... Robert Williams played 20 minutes. Was that just uh, this one's over? We can get him rest move. I didn't see anything about him, but 20 minutes seemed like oddly low. Um, yeah, I mean, he, he didn't play in the fourth quarter. He also didn't close the first half. They went with Grant Williams. I, I think it was a combination of him at times looking lost and also blowout. Yeah. Uh, my, my, I couldn't, I didn't notice that I saw anything, but um I just want to make sure that I didn't miss anything there. What do I base being good off of? Hero is solid, not saying he's great, but you think Gobert is good, so just curious. I I want a guy that can be on the floor during real playoff series. Like, they don't have a choice right now for Tyler Hero. I think Gobert but, is good. Gobert is very good. Yeah, like, Tyler Hero is not going to ever win the Offensive Player of the Year award. Rudy Gobert is going to go down as, like, one of the 10 best defensive centers that have ever played basketball. We're talking about two dramatically different players. Like if Tyler Hero could have Rudy Gobert's career, he would be like many, many rungs up the ladder of what people think that he is. Tyler Hero is like the modern day Jordan Clarkson (laughs) for a guy that's still in the league. Yeah, which that's that's there's there's value to that. Yeah, but it's It's in the regular season. Yeah, or if you're, you know, playing from behind, like, yeah, or, you know, playing in the third quarter of a game where you just got destroyed in the first half and you, you come back to win, like, there's value there, but it's, it's just kind of a cap ceiling. Yeah, look, he's, he is not a guy that can win a championship if he's one of your three best guys on a on the floor. I don't, he's going to have a hard time being in any closing lineup, barring the most elite wing talent and rim-protecting center that you could find. We see it over and over again. Like, in the bubble. Like, people think he was really good in the bubble. He was terrible. <laughs> but he snarled once on camera, and people really liked it. So we went forward with it. Anyway. Anyway. Let's talk this slate. What do you say? Hit that like button, everybody. Yeah, if we have to. Do you have any confidence in Dallas, just in general? No. I don't think that I do. I mean, but like they, Luca can do anything for me. They have Luca. Exactly. They're, they're, they're not dead. They have Luca. 
Um, but I, I think like they're, they're good defensively. We knew that in the regular season. We've seen it in the postseason. I think that because of how the Phoenix series wrapped up with them just destroying Phoenix, that it's kind of gotten overlooked that they have a pretty shitty supporting cast around Luka. You know, not not talking defensively, but just like from an offensive standpoint. You know, Brunson's good, Dinwiddie's fine, but like this isn't the best supporting cast. And now you're going up against a very, very good Golden State team where Luka really is going to have to just carry the carry the load. Yes, he is. <laughs> it gets kind of crazy. So I ran my Sims for FanDuel and DraftKings. Yeah, gets so ran get... off the court when it matters. Do you know who's getting run off the court? Conley, Mitchell, Clarkson, Boyan, Royce O'Neal to an extent. They can't – the people that are getting run off the floor are the people that are getting left behind on the perimeter. Right. Apologies for not putting Gobert in three different places at once. Yeah. I'm sure they'd like to. Uh, I had Luca. Luca came out of my sim on FanDuel today in 93% of lineups. He's like – is there a mechanism to get away from Luca on FanDuel that you can think of other than just injury? Uh, play staff. I, yeah, I guess. But even then, like, it's scary. Oh, he's, yeah. Like, he's, it's, it's, so, it's really hard for him to not, want to, to not be one of the three highest scorers on, like, a non-regular basis. Yeah. Because um, when yeah, he gets I mean, 55 have... fantasy points and gets a multiplier, like, it's – you can't run that down. Right. And like, we don't have ownership yet, but I'm assuming you're going to get a pretty big gap there. So th that's why I said Steph, like he can at least outscore Luca occasionally. I mean, you saw it last game, um, mm -hmm. but like it's all on FanDuel. You don't, because the pricing doesn't matter, you know? So it's not like you can say, okay, well, I'll just get a completely different lineup build and I'll go down to, I don't know, Maxi at captain, just the first name I thought of that was relatively cheap and you'll get a different lineup. Like, okay, cool. You're just, you, you literally need Maxi to beat Luca in that situation. Um, Steph can at least do it, yeah. but you would still need a pretty big ownership gap for it to be worth it. Yeah. He just does too much. Like the rebounds and the assists just help to buoy any like rough, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Any like rough shooting days. All right. Let's talk through uh, some of the stuff on the DK side. I assume we're on the same page here that like in the grand scheme of things, Luca is the preferred captain option and likely the cash captain option, unless somebody is just has like a broken price that I haven't seen. Yeah. I don't see any broken prices. Yeah. I said it last late and obviously uh, Curry beat him, but like, I still think Luca's the most underpriced guy on DraftKings. I don't think that's like a crazy take. I mean, and it's not that he's like, I don't think, he's underpriced i think he's less overpriced than everybody else that that's probably a good way to do it but yeah i, I mean like he's what is the what's the price tag right now uh, 13 six okay so i i immediately was like he's twenty thousand four hundred. but that was the <laughs> that's that's not the one that's not the one i was like yeah uh i don't know if he's underpriced anymore than 20k <laughs> he costs half your salary if you yeah. put him a captain he's your entire team yeah you just play one guy Man, would there? Uh, I'm not even having that conversation right now. I they do just like that they got rid of the $200 price floor. Speaking of playing one guy, like that's fair. I liked that strategy where where you punt a spot, basically. Yeah, where you could just take a zero for $200. I hadn't noticed that they did it, but I guess that I did realize yesterday that all of the ass end of the lineups were at a thousand. Yeah, I, I wonder why they did it. it. I noticed it because 
the first strategy show when Lofty and I did it, I gave like a whole spiel about remember to set your fantasy crunch or minimum to zero so that um, you at least, you know, if it's optimal to just punt a spot, you get it. And then I realized that guys not even active were the same price as like Caleb Martin. And I was like, okay, well, never mind. Don't do that. Michael Roundtree, I don't swear that Middleton is better than Butler. Two and a half years ago, I would like to have taken Middleton over Butler. Yes, Jimmy Butler is better than Chris Middleton now. I've said it for a year now. (laughs) The narrative changed, man. Put it this way. Jimmy Butler is going to age like milk in this league. Be ready for it. It's not going to go well. He's aging and he's getting better. When it goes, it's going to go. He has no additional things. There's no shot to fall back on. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I was just saying, like, dude's already old. Shooting in the mid-range and drawing contact is not going to age well for him. Yeah. When it goes, it's going to go immediate. But, uh, no, I mean, he's – look, he's exceptional. Um, He's exceptional. I don't have anything else to say. We'll talk about him tomorrow. Well, I won't. That's for sure. All right, if you're not putting Luca in the captain spot, I assume Steph would be your second priority – when I look at everything else, I'm not sure I have a third. I don't know how to separate Clay, Brunson, Wiggins, Draymond, Poole, hell, Looney, Bullock. I don't know what to do after Luca and Steph. Do you have somebody that stands out to you as sort of like the third best option? And, or if you don't like Steph, then feel free to correct me there too. No, I mean, I do like Steph. Um, as far as standing out, no. Ownership will drive some some of the decision-making there, like obviously you're going to get a lot going to Luca at captain, then you're going to get Steph. Um, if you get, basically, I don't think there should be a big gap between Brunson, Greenpool, Wiggins, Thompson. Like if there is, if, you know, all of those guys are getting 5%, except one of them's getting 2%. I like whichever one's getting 2%. I don't really care which one it is. I'm with you on that one. Uh, the rest of this series just gets so, so, so dicey for me. Wade was um, absolute garbage at the end of his career. Yeah, I, that's why I responded. No, he wasn't. He was truly a trope. The take was not horrible three years ago when Chris Middleton was putting up 34% usage rates when Giannis was off the floor as a two-way guy that could actually shoot and space the floor. You guys just yeah, don't All know that's happening right about. now is people never realized how good Chris, healthy Chris Middleton was. Correct. Now, let me. I want to be clear here. The moment that I spoke that into existence, Chris Middleton fell off a cliff. Right. <laughs> You can see it in many different stats. But at the time, Chris Middleton was a better player for the playoffs. You fit in more. Look, you got to build around Jimmy Butler specifically. You can put Chris Middleton on 29 other teams. It's that simple. Anyway. Is there someone in this game that you think could be making a move into or back out of the rotation? It, 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 to, to your point, it is kind of funny that, and I don't know if it's the same sp- people specifically, but like YouTube chat's always just like, why doesn't Oladipo play more? And then they're like, Jimmy Butler's great. And it's yeah. like, because they can't coexist. Right. Yeah. It's because Victor Oladipo shoots 27% from three. And so does Jimmy Butler. And uh, that gets to be problematic when the five long Celtics can just stand around the paint. <laughs> They'll give them those. They'll let Victor Oladipo shoot till the cows come home. They don't care at all. Probably the same sort of scenario for Jimmy Butler. Who's who's going to leave the rotation for game two or come into the rotation on either side? Like, do we get more Kaminga or is this just not going to be his series? Do we get 
Josh Green now? Are you playing the Josh Green game in game two again? Is, is there something there? Or, or do you see a change coming? I'm not really sure. So I do think Kaminga could play a role in this series, but with the way game one went, I don't know that it's this game. Like, I don't think they have any real incentive to throw Kaminga in there because Wiggins did such a good job. And as a team, they did such a good job slowing Luka down. Um, it's not like this is a game where they won, but Luka went off. Like, they won, and they held Luka. Luka's shoulder also did a pretty good job of, of restraining him. But, um, yeah. you know, that the rake across I, the I, face I, probably didn't help either. What did you say? That rake across the face probably right, didn't yeah. help either. Um, so it's I, – I, I don't view this as the game – like, not to say that Steve Kerr is going to just be – you know, say, oh, we won and, and stand pat. But I don't really know. I, like, after game one, it would fe- it, it kind of feels like you'd be making an adjustment just to make an adjustment. Like, game one worked. So yeah. what, are you, what are you trying to improve by playing Kaminga? You know, so it's not like it's a 0% chance he plays or anything, but I'd feel more confident that they make a change. Like, if Luke, if he doesn't play today and Luca goes out there and, you know, Luca has a game and, and you know, even if, the, even if Golden State wins, then I would think game three, maybe you see more Kaminga out there for defensive reasons, you know, to yep. try and switch things up. But game one worked. Like, what are you, what are you trying to – game one worked in the sense on Luka, not even saying, like, because they won. Like, they right. slowed down Luka. What are you changing? Okay. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I don't know why Golden State would do anything. I don't know what Dallas can do. I don't think they have, like – a change that could be made that can really make a difference. You need Maxi Cleaver to stay out of foul trouble right out of the gate. You need some shots to just fall. I mean, that they didn't in the, in game one, you need that to just immediately happen. Are you reading into any of this? Like Luca was really sick after game one thing. Is that, I assume it's carrying zero it. weight for you today. I hadn't even seen it. Yeah. Evidently he was up sick uh, after game one. Maybe it was because they lost. I have no idea. Do, are you going to make the Josh Green move again? Probably. Okay. So the thing is, I I kind of think you could just not have Nilakina or Green play. Um, and, and I still think it's Nilakina ahead of Green. Yeah. But the reason that I don't mind making that move, and it kind of somebody mentioned it in chat last game, and I agreed, and it almost happened here. Um. Nilakina played his 10 minutes and he got one fantasy point. Like, <laughs> and it's not that Josh Green's a good point per minute guy either, but even if, you know, Nilakina is still in the rotation and plays eight minutes, he can very easily just do literally nothing. At least, you know, with Josh Green, like, even if he doesn't play, he's probably doing just about the same thing that Frank Nilakina did. And if he does somehow play, whether it's a few minutes of garbage time or whatever, um, you know, he's just so much lower owned. So, yeah, like I, I, obviously playing 1K Nilakina is fine if you need to get there as well. Um, I'm not, I don't really want to get there. I certainly don't want to get to Josh Green. Like he's probably not going to play. But uh, just with it being Nilakina and him being such a bad point per minute guy, I still don't mind uh, just making that ownership pivot. Do you see anything else on Dallas that stands out to you? Or do we kind of just know what we're getting out of this team? Like there, to me, there's not much else we can say about Dorian Finney-Smith. There's not much else we could say about Reggie Bullock. I think we kind of know exactly what's going on with Jalen Brunson at this point. Maybe you think Spencer Dinwiddie is some sort of wild card for game two. He's 6,800. I don't even think he's priced like we're in a good – like he needs a lot more in yeah, order to become so the, viable. The one, thing, the one thing for Dallas is – their rotation kind of sucked last game. Um, yeah. 
why is Dinwiddie playing 23 and a half minutes and not 30? I don't know. Why is Kleba only playing 19? Foul no. trouble for Kleba for a bit. Yeah. That, oh, yeah, that's true. I, I forgot. Yeah, in the first half, he had foul trouble. Um, Yeah, I mean, Powell once again played 14. I thought maybe he'd play a little bit more. But, um, yeah, so that that's kind of the one thing for me. Oh, and and, and Berton's only played bar, with, with minus garbage time. He played eight minutes. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if you found a way for either Dinwiddie to play more. And, and granted, if that game had been competitive, you probably do get an extra five minutes from Dinwiddie and he gets to like 28 anyway. Um, yeah. But, you know, Berton's at 2,400. Certainly could play more, especially if he's knocking down shots. Uh, yeah. So I do still like the Berton's value piece just because his role... The, the, the reason I like Berton's, even though he's more expensive, the reason I like Berton's more than Milikina is even though like... Pre- Projection wise, they're similar and Nilakina's cheaper and all that. There's no world where Dallas is putting Nilakina on the floor saying, okay, I hope he sparks our offense and things go well. Berton's job is to actually score points. Uh, he's not very good at it and he doesn't play a lot of minutes, but he's at least out there to score. Nilakina's out there to play defense and then get the hell off the floor, hopefully without having cost them too much offensively. So, you know, Berton's is just the one where it's like, if he does his job, or, you know, gets hot, he can not only play his way into a few more minutes, but he can just very quickly have, you know, 12 fantasy points on, or 12 actual points on four threes, and he is the best value immediately as soon as that happens. So um, I do kind of like Bertans a little bit more just because his job on this team is actually fantasy conducive, at least. We're going to read off the most, maybe the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in a chat. Gobert is the rich man's Dwight Powell. Wow. I mean, it's not even right in the terms that like, like they don't even do the same things. <laughs> right. They're like the, they're opposite players to begin with. <laughs> I mean, that one's, I don't even know what to do with that one. Dude, that's like picking two names out of a hat. As far as I'm concerned. Gobert would never leave the floor if he was on Dallas. No, Never. Never. But we don't need to talk about how good Gobert is. We can talk about how good this promo code is. That would be NBA Strategy Show, one gigantic word. NBA Strategy Show. Player projections, ownership projections, our lineup builder, Discord, and more. If you are a new user of Awesome O Plus Platinum, you can get all of that for 50% off your first month. And that's for every sport. That's not just for basketball, even though I'm talking about it for, from a basketball perspective. It's everything. Every sport that we offer, every single piece of content that we offer behind the paywall, you can get that using that promo code NBA Strategy Show. And just a note, Fantasy Cruncher does not come with that, but you can very easily add it at checkout. So do that because it's a fantastic tool. We also have high stakes ownership projections uh, for NBA, which will help you out if you're entering high stakes. Do that as well. If that's not your cup of tea, it should be. But if it's not, uh, you should sign up at our sponsor, Prize Picks. You can use the promo code AWESOMO there. Get a $100 first match deposit bonus. You don't have to worry about sharks or optimizers or mass entry or anything like that. Basically making up to five-player lineups, five-player parlay card, taking over-unders on everything. You can do it across sports. Adam, do you know they have disc golf on Prize Picks? Uh, only because you mention it every time we do a show. That is the second time that I've said it ever in my life. <laughs> Yesterday yeah, was the first, and we didn't maybe, do the show together. Maybe it's Greg. I don't know. Somebody's yeah. mentioned it multiple, multiple times. 
I had no idea. I saw it yesterday for the first time. Uh, so if you like Paul McVeth under 59 and a half, you could do that. Poor man's Greg hosting the show with me this morning. Ouch. That stings. That stings. I can't. I, I can't. That, that breaks my heart a little bit. But you can take a disc golf prop, take an over under, add that to a couple NBA ones that you like. There you go. You're going to be right where you need to be. I'm going to hit Adam with uh, a, one or two props from the Dallas side of this one. How are you feeling? We're going to go straight to the main man from Dallas. How do you feel about over under 30 and a half real points for Luka Doncic? It's about where I have him. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I feel like on these guys, you're, you're probably looking for the guy that you think can step into a slightly bigger role. Spencer Dinwiddie is at 12 and a half. That, I lean towards the under there, but with game two, if you told me that he played 32 minutes today, like that wouldn't shock me either because they kind of need to fix something. Yeah, I mean, if I give him 28 minutes, it gets him to 12 and a half. Yeah. And I do think the 28 minutes is like where I'll project him. He certainly could play more, but... Um, I do think that's a pretty solid line. If I had to go one way or the other, I would actually take the under there, I guess. Just because, so you know, he could play fewer minutes. Yeah. Maxi over under seven points. That's a spot where I would like to take the over. I'd like to hope that he could just be out there more. <laughs> These lines are really efficient. I have Maxi 26 minutes, 7.1 points. I mean, they should be. Like, yeah, but there's only there's so much. Of- there's only so many places you could put Maxi's line right now. Yeah, but normally there's a couple that are just, like, glaring. Yeah, uh, it's, it's a lot harder. you got to probably dig into the points, rebounds, assists. Uh, I like the over on Brunson. Points. Over on 17 and a half for Brunson. Uh, yeah, so do I, because I've got him at 21. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so probably should have pointed that one out immediately. Those are just some of the picks that you guys can get at Prize Picks. So I uh, highly recommend you check it out and use that promo code AWESOMO when you sign up. Let's just take a quick peek at Golden State. Again, I'm I'm with you. Maxi I'm assuming defense. What? I mean, yeah, in that. I mean, that's not like why he plays, but yeah. I was just saying, like, he he gets more anyway, as long as he doesn't foul, but like that's they, they want him on the floor regardless. Yeah, they just want him to play as many, like, they want him to play 30 minutes if he can, or more. Yeah, he just needs to not foul. Yeah, for both reasons, offense and defense. Floor spacing and, I don't know, they, well, they don't have any other real defense. Yeah, the, the spacing is the big part, I think. I'm really curious to see what they do in the offseason. If they could, like, turn Tim Hardaway into something. Because they need another guy somewhere. They have to bring Brunson back now. They don't really have much of a choice. I think they could have got out of that. Um, if they didn't make this run, but now I think you just got to bring him back and hope that you could trade him down the line if you need to, or keep I mean, him hope, if he continues to be good. Like that's hopefully fine they, I would think from their standpoint, they're hoping they can turn Dinwiddie into something with this playoff run. Yeah, sure. I mean, I, honestly, I think they would probably like to turn both guys into like slightly different options, but that's neither here nor there. I don't. That's yeah, but I think Bronson's actually good. I think Dinwiddie is less actually good. I, I do too. I just think he's like miscast a bit yeah like he's never going to be able to be what you see when luke is not there to like a large degree and i don't know if he wants that but we'll find out how are you separating some of the main guys from golden state today clay 
Wiggins, Draymond. I guess we could lump Poole into this. Looney's at 4,800 today, played massive minutes in game one. Well, massive minutes for Looney, that is, uh, in game one. Uh, any of those guys stand out because they look real similar. Yeah, they do. Um, so the the one issue that I had, and I mentioned it last game too, and I've mentioned it a lot, um, Clay obviously has a really high ceiling, but if he's going to get the same ownership, give or take, as Andrew Wiggins and Draymond Green, I would just rather go to those guys because they're less expensive. They contribute peripherals. Um, Clay is extremely scoring dependent. He can give you those big games, but he's more likely to just fall off of a cliff from a fantasy standpoint in any given game. And he's getting the same ownership at a more expensive price tag. So uh, I, I don't like Clay as much as I like those guys at that ownership. I do like the the playing time we got from Looney. I wasn't really sure what we were going to see there because obviously he played 35 minutes in the final game of the Memphis series. Uh, he was in the, the you know, he, he moved into the starting lineup. Draymond had lobbied for that. I figured he was going to start again last game, but I didn't know what the playing time would look like. I thought he'd still go back to like 20 to 22 minutes. So the fact he did play 28 minutes, he played really well again. I think that you probably get like, I'm certainly projecting him a little bit higher than I did last game. Um, I, I'm not going like 20 minutes again after what we saw in game one. So yeah. it does make me continue to like Looney um, at what I think is a pretty respectable $4,800 price tag. Yeah, I think I wasn't expect like, I didn't know where that was going to break with Looney out there. Um, we've seen Luca, and I don't want to say struggle because that is not going to be the word, but if you can be quick enough on your retreats and quick enough laterally, he's going to have more trouble with a bigger body that he cannot immediately go straight through. And it seems like Looney has enough to be able to handle that. And I think I gave him 26 minutes, uh, at which point I think he looks pretty good. Like I have him ahead of Draymond. I have him ahead of Clay. Now, again, this is in 26 minutes. He needs every minute that he's got, like, I need him to play those 26 minutes. But after game one, I don't, I expect him to be out there barring any sort of foul trouble. It seemed to work. Yeah, I, I don't really know what their alternative is. Otherwise, Let, let's say Looney gets into foul trouble. Do you think we're getting Kaminga or Bielitsa? Kaminga. Okay. That's but my assumption not, as well. I'm not super confident in that. That's my assumption as well. It's, I can see them wanting to go to Bielitsa from an offense perspective if Kaminga just can't handle it defensively. Because if he's not out there for the defense, then it's not going to matter any longer. Right. Like, then, then take the space. Really tricky. Really tricky. Um, so, and this is unrelated. And um, I, I'm not even like totally disagreeing with the the point in chat. Michael Roundtree said the Dinwiddie Porzingis trade seems to be working out nice for Dallas. Dinwiddie's been fine. I, I'm really I, you like keep seeing that you know take on on Twitter and everything about how like oh this ended up being great. Do people think Christoph Porzingis couldn't average 24 minutes per game, 12 points, two rebounds, and two assists in the postseason or something? Like, I'm extremely – like, I, I get it. Dinwiddie's been fine, and, and he's had his games. But, like, there's people acting like – and I'm not saying Michael Roundtree's won, but, like, there's people acting like this was some huge win for Dallas somehow where, like, Dinwiddie is propelling them in ways Porzingis couldn't. Yeah, like, let's be very clear here. Spencer – like, Christoph Porzingis is better than Spencer Dinwiddie. Right. Yeah, like I said – I don't know I, I if that some, makes Dallas better – or worse, right you, can, right? you can talk about the fit, but like it's not like Dinwiddie's out there doing like a ton. Like he's had a couple of good games, no. but he's also been shit in plenty of these games. Yeah, I don't like to me that trade is probably just a wash. 
I think I think it worked out for both teams. Um, Porzingis Luca fit wasn't great. I don't know if it was a personal thing or a whatever. Like it, I still think it should have been better. As a Washington fan, like they're not going anywhere with either player, but there is at least some chance that Porzingis does just finally turn into the superstar that he could be. And yeah. like like Washington's only chance at being good until Bradley Beal retires is to get some random dude to turn into a superstar that they're not expecting. So like. Yep. Dinwiddie's not that guy. Porzingis could be at least. So like, and like you said, he's better than than Dinwiddie. Um, so like from the Washington standpoint, absolutely love it. It, it gives you a higher ceiling. It gives you the better player. Um, yeah. From the Dallas standpoint, you can talk about the the fit and all that, but like, people are just like, you know, because it, it, people were really strongly against the deal for Dallas when it happened, and so now it's people like victory lapping, like, oh, see, Dinwiddie is blah blah. blah. It's like he's averaging twelve points a game. What? Yeah. In, in in 24 minutes like why are we acting like Porzingis couldn't have done this yeah the the problem with Porzingis in this season he shot 31 percent from three right if you're gonna keep him out on the three-point line and you can't make a damn shot it doesn't matter any longer like he shot 38 percent from three last year and was still you know uh, obviously exceptional around the rim that's a difference maker if he's shooting 31 percent from three you're not getting all of the value that you're looking for any longer I don't, but like, yeah, it's Spencer Dinwiddie is not the reason they've been propelled to <laughs> the Western Conference Finals. Like, uh, we're watching a different game then. I'm into like, oh god, I'm just, I'm so curious in Dallas's offseason. Any interest in Damian wonderful Lee today? Take. There's a question you won't hear a lot. Wait, what did you say? I said just a wonderful take from Daryl Ward here on Porzingis. He is not good at all. He's tall. I mean, that is just. <laughs> that's a take for you that's a take for you let's see where do i have him if you take a blend of epm uh, wrap him and raptor and you assume chris Stapp's porzingis plays 2000 minutes which you know could be a bit of a stretch that's a six and a half win player which is basically like a little over 20 million dollars a year as a player is he overpaid probably by a little bit but I mean, we're talking about a no doubt about it playoff starter. <laughs> like, I, that's a, I don't know how we go any direction other than that. He's just tall. Adam gets so defensive over the Wizards. Dinwiddie sucks, but didn't you just say Dallas would like to flip him based on this current playoff run? Yes, I'm sure Dallas would like to take the fact that Dinwiddie shot well in a couple of nationally televised games and give him to another team. What I think Dallas wants to do is be able to trade two separate pieces instead of one big Chris Dapps Porzingis. Right. It's easier to move off of a bad Dinwiddie contract and a bad Bertans contract than it is just the Porzingis contract. Correct. Correct. Uh, yeah, I'm a, and I'm not defensive about Washington. I think they suck. Um, yeah. It's more so that, or not even suck. Like they're just in purgatory and they have been ever since John Wall and Otto Porter and Bradley Beal. Like, um, but no, it's it's more so that like the people's takes on this trade. Like I strongly disagree with how bad people apparently think Christoph Porzingis is. Yeah, so do I, because he's not. He's, he's just not. And I mean, if you think Reggie Bullock, it, Dub K, if you think Reggie Bullock is one of the worst starters in the playoffs, you're you're missing what's good in the playoffs here. Every single team would want Reggie Bullock to start for them. If Reggie Bullock started for the Jazz, uh, Rudy Gobert would not have problems playing defense. Yeah, if you turn 
Like it's not going to be, if you just turned Mike Conley into Reggie Bullock, it's a dramatic change for the jazz. You get a wing defender that can knock down threes. It, it just, it changes the entire shape of the team. You need guys that don't have to be 30% usage guys out on the floor. You need guys that play their role. It's why everybody wants to have, or at least wanted to have Danny Green over and over and over again. You want a guy that can play defense and shoot the ball and just shut up about it. Like it's incredibly valuable at the highest levels of the playoffs. We see it every single year. $1,600 Damian Lee. Thoughts? Price bump kind of sucks because he's not the best point per minute guy. He played 12 minutes total, including garbage time. Played basically five and a half minutes in that game. Um, Right now, the ownership is at 18%. I get it. Um, I I would really like to avoid that if I can. Ooh, uh, you just said ownership. When did that go up? Uh, Five minutes ago, eight minutes ago. Okay, 14 minutes ago. (laughs) I don't know, I'm making up numbers. <laughs> okay. I knew, uh, like, I hadn't seen, I, I knew I hadn't seen it. We've got a couple minutes yet before we get out of here. Um, anything that stands out to you glaringly from the ownership right now? Um, so at the bottom end, it all makes sense to me. Like Lee, Nilakina, Powell, Bertans, all getting similar ownership. Um, Bertans is the lowest of that group, which makes me like him the most as, as a value. Dinwiddie at 19% stands out just because, kind of like we had talked about, um he at least like if he plays well he can get his way in the 30 minutes uh he does dallas would like him to play a role offensively at least so he you know he does have some upside there i think that yeah so i I think he's kind of interesting at that price or at at that ownership i should say um other than that oh and i I talked about clay i think being a, a bit over owned here relative to like wiggins and draymond okay can you imagine if there were actually hundreds of guys in the G League and overseas that could play basketball the same way that Chris Epps Porzingis could and better, and all 30 NBA teams are just sitting on their hands, not scooping up these better than Chris Epps Porzingis players. <laughs> the whole league is missing this. Seven Every foot, single se- team. I mean, the, the these guys are freely available. They can te- sign team, them for basically nothing. Teams just aren't looking hard enough for seven foot three wing uh, rim protectors <laughs> that can space the floor. They just don't realize how valuable that is. That's the dumbest thing that's ever been in chat. Unquestionably. Hundreds. Hundreds. There's not one in the G League. Not a single one. <laughs> He'd be in the damn NBA. What are we talking about here? Whoo! That is bold, man. That is legitimately bold. Hundreds internationally. I, I mean, we're just yeah, like maybe Victor Wimbayama is is that that's a true statement. I think we just hit the end of the list. <laughs> You're an idiot because you don't know how many countries there are, there are. <laughs> <sighs> that's incredible. Okay. Uh, all right, here's my next question for you. Not too much left. This is a FanDuel question. We have the ownership. on Now, I think this is going to end up getting adjusted up. This was something that we had a conversation about. I think it was two years ago now. Luca is in 73% of lineups in our FanDuel ownership. It's basically all MVP, no sign of him in star, pro, or utility. 
if you knew those were the numbers, is Luka in every single lineup you do? Do you try to get different putting him in star and pro? Um, I mean, pro is tough because who the hell are you putting? What two players are you putting ahead of him? Uh, two of the Warriors, like Pool Clay, something like you know, or Steph. Yeah, but how whatever. does that? How does how do they both beat Luca together? How how do they both beat Luca and you still want Luca? Because the answer to how do they both beat Luca is Luca's arm falls off or something, and then he leaves the game. Sure. Like I have when it came out of my sim, like I had a flatter spread. Like I had more to star and more to pro. I mean, I, obviously I haven't crunched anything, so I would take what you just said over what I'm saying. But I just don't understand, like logically, how it makes any sense. Like, I got to eleven percent at pro, which is dramatic. Makes me feel yeah, like something's wrong. But four x the field. Yeah. I, I get what you're saying. I mean, I feel like I would just play more of him at MVP, honestly. Which is why FanDuel's showdown product sucks. But okay, so I'm gonna look at because obviously the sim that I'm running is like context independent. You know, like these are just somebody's got a projection and a standard deviation, and they're not really correlated to each other. So here's what I have on here. You tell me like how feasible you think this actually is. I just sorted down. I got 58 different lineups with Luca in the pro spot. First, the highest projected one that I had was Steph and Pool, which feels hard. Stefan Brunson. <laughs> I can't wait to see your face when I say this one out loud. Stefan Dorian Finney-Smith. Yeah, your, your shit's broken. I, <laughs> the other two are then Maxi and Jordan Poole. I want to see... Let's see, that's lineup number 75. So the good thing about... How, how, is, is, Maxi, how is Maxi and Jordan Poole beating Luca? Okay, so... That was lineup 72. Oh, God, I already lost it. Lineup 75, did I say? I can, like, the projections that were used in that lineup exist for me. So I could see, like, what they corrected to to see how it happened. Okay, so that would have been, yeah, lineup number 75. So it's Curry, Finney, Smith, Luca, Maxi, Pool. So Luca ended up with 76.7. So that's 64. That seems impossible. What the hell did the rest of these guys do? I don't think this is showing up the correct way. Pool. Oh, there's Dorian Finney-Smith star. So Dorian Finney-Smith then would have to put up, what's that, 1.5 in the star? So Dorian Finney-Smith would have to go for north of 40. Seems reasonable. Steph in this scenario went for some sort of dramatic amount. Yeah, into the 60s. <sighs> Feels but, off. Uh, okay, so I don't I don't understand the why if Finney Smith goes for 40 and Luca goes for 60, how is Finney Smith at the second spot better? Because the price doesn't change. That's a good point. I don't know why. I don't have an answer to that. I'm gonna have to look at that. Yeah, I think your calculator might be wrong. Like, not, not, I, I feel like I'm, I have the wrong multiplier. Right. So I was saying, I feel like point. you have like something in your thing. Yeah, I agree. I agree. You know what? I'm going to have to try to find one of the hundreds of people 
that are better than Kristaps Porzingis to try to help me out on that one. Anything else we're missing on this people slate? People that are better than you at Excel, I got you. That's a good point. If they, they <laughs> those guys probably are out there. You're not that person, but those people are out there for sure. Uh, is there anything else we need to touch on? I do want to talk about the schedule for the rest of the day. Coming up next, immediately after this MLB strategy show, we've got MLB Live Before Lock at 545. We've got the NBA Deeper Dive at 7. NBA Live Before Lock at 8. We've got free content as well. NBA Ownership, MLB Player Rankings, NHL Top Stacks, and UFC Pro Plays. Who the hell is on the UFC card this week? Main event of, ooh, Holly Holm and Catlin Vieira. Go ahead and don't watch that. <laughs> watch our shows. Don't watch the card. It can't be more that frustrating is... than last week's main event. What was uh, the blown knee? Yeah. Uh, all righty. All righty. Anything else you want to touch on here? There was something else I was going to say, but I don't remember what it was, so probably wasn't that important. Did we miss your super chats? Oh, that's what yeah. it was. Yep. Really? Yeah. Good. I, I, I'm scrolling. I don't even, I still don't see it. Yeah, it was from like a long time ago. I don't know what that, throw it up where. What screen? Got it. I don't. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't. Are you I playing haven't. that at all? Um, I played it the first day, and then I just decided I was over it and not playing anymore. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I, like, I, I haven't even seen pricing for... Yeah, I don't... It's not something... I mean, from a just very quick touching on it standpoint, uh, if I were playing, $7,100 BAM would trip me up again. Um, Butler, Butler and Tatum are the same price basically. Um, yeah, I mean, Bam looks like the most underpriced guy, but that's also accounting for Bam, at least to some extent, not being the corpse that he has been so far this postseason. Um, yeah. From like a strategy standpoint, I don't really have anything like you're not, although we have been getting injury, like late injury news this postseason, you're not really expecting that. So I don't think there's any sort of real advantage to being like, oh, well, I'll just, you know, take more guys from the Boston Miami game or anything like that. Um yeah, I mean, I think it would. I'd be playing it pretty much straight up, just the way I normally play a basketball sleep. Yeah, it's it's not something that I'm approaching any differently. Wish I could help. Yeah, I mean, I guess, and so I mean, to some extent, I, I, and again, I haven't. Maybe it's out there. I, I don't know what the official status on Lowry is right now. I don't know what the official status on Derek White is. So maybe there does actually end up being some injury news that you're waiting on. But um, I assume White's playing. Yeah, I, I assume he's playing. And then Lowry, they keep saying he's getting close, but he also keeps being ruled out really early. So I don't know. Well, there we go, everybody. Thank you for being here. Make sure you're watching everything else that we do. And hit that like button. 64 is not nearly enough. We should be up over 100. Enjoy everything else we've got going on. MLB Strategy Show coming up next. Good luck tonight, everybody. Enjoy your weekend. And uh, go Liverpool and go Aston Villa.